In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The prophet says, From the root of Jesse a sprout shall spring up, and he will have these great gifts. And so I would like to take a brief walk through history to understand the context of these things. Hopefully some of this will be familiar to you. God calls Abraham out of the land of Ur of the Chaldees, makes covenant with him that his descendants shall be as numerous as the stars in the sky, and brings him to the land west of the Jordan. Jacob inherits the covenantal promise of Abraham, and God renames him Israel. And Jacob, who is Israel, has 12 children who become the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. But because of the evil of his sons, who attempt to sell their brother into slavery, God scourges them by sending them into slavery into Egypt. When, after the people of Israel cry out to God because of their harsh treatment, God raises up Moses, whom he reveals his holy name, gives him the law, and calls Moses' family member Aaron to him. And there, when they bring Israel out of slavery across the Red Sea and in to the land of Canaan, west of the Jordan River, originally promised to Abraham, he gives the law of God, right living, and through Aaron and his sons, the priesthood, right worship. Now this endures in the land of Israel. They don't have much of a political structure. When trial arises, they raise up what they call judges. Samson is probably the most famous of all the judges. Most people know he's a big, strong guy with long hair and so forth. Right? So Samson is one of the judges. That's a tenuous relationship. So the people of Israel cry out and say to the prophet Nathan, we must have a king. The prophet says, no, God does not want you to have a king. They say, we want one anyways. And they said, fine, and anoints Saul, the first king of Israel. Saul loses his right to be king because he engages in pagan seances, right? Palm readings and tarot cards and trying to conjure the dead and so forth. God punishes him for that, takes the priest, the, excuse me, the kingship away from him and sends the prophet Nathan to the house of Jesse. Jesse has many sons. God chooses his youngest son, David, who was, quote, a ruddy youth. Just a sidebar, ruddy means pale and red-headed. So this is not dogma, but we have reason to believe that if God loves any hair color the most, it's red hair. Anyways, moving on from that. David the king is the beloved of God, who he promises the throne to endure forever. So history moves. The Israelite kingdom and all of the heirs of David maintain the kingship, living through times of fidelity and glory, living through times of infidelity and evil. To punish the dread evil they had fallen into, they are sent into exile in Babylon. That gets really difficult. Only after many years did they come back. 
rebuild the temple and maintain a tenuous but valid kingship and a tenuous but valid priesthood. This endures until the time of Alexander the Great. People might know him from secular history. Alexander the Great sweeps through the known Eurasian world, conquering everything. When he dies, famously, his four generals divide his kingdom. We know this from secular history. It appears also in sacred history when one of those kings conquers Israel and forbids Jewish worship, forbids the worship of Israel, exiles the kings, and executes and exiles as many of the priests as he can. This leads to the revolt of the Maccabees. So you'll see this in the Bible in First and Second Maccabees, the fidelity to the law of God and the revolt of this family. Now, while their fidelity was beautiful, something very dark happens in this moment. When the Maccabees cast out their conquerors, they institute themselves as kings and priests, which they have no lawful right to do. And so when we come, because the Maccabees is only about a few centuries before the time of Christ, when the Maccabean dynasty is conquered by the Roman Empire, the Romans take those kings who are not valid kings and remove them to the city of Rome. That's what the Romans would do. They'd conquer you, take your ruling family, raise their kids in the city of Rome. When their kids became of age, sent them back to rule your territory because they'd be very Roman friendly. The Maccabean priesthood also endures but is false. It is invalid. The priests offering the sacrifice in the temple have no lawful right to do so. They are not from the house and line of Aaron. Now this touches the time of Christ through the Pharisees and the Sadducees. John the Baptist, who is from a lesser line, there were two grades of priests, the Maccabeans unlawfully took the highest grade. John the Baptist was in the family of the lower grade and maintained its validity. So John the Baptist is, because remember, in Israel, priesthood is genetic, biological. You're born a priest. And so John the Baptist, who is a lawful priest, finds these two groups. Sadducees are the ones who maintained the priesthood in Jerusalem. So that's what a Sadducee is. They maintain the kingship and they maintain the priesthood. They believe the king is the true king, even though he is not, and they believe the priests are real priests, even though they are not. Pharisees reject all that, and in their rejection of it, they sort of uh, hyperize the law. And what they do, because they say, well, the sacrifices of the temple don't mean anything anymore, that means the law means everything, and in order to make the law workable in the context of the Roman Empire, we sort of make the law so specific that there's all kinds of exemptions from it. This is very famously when Christ Jesus encounters the Pharisees and condemns them when he says, you say you shall honor your mother, your father, but then you say any monetary support for mom and dad is korban. Because the Pharisees created this title korban, meaning, well, I can dedicate this money to the temple, but only temporary. That way, when my parents get old, I say, oh, I don't have any money for it. It's all in the temple. Then when mom and dad die, I take the money out and I get it back. This was a liberalized exemption from the law. And this is what is encountered. And that is why the voice in the wilderness cries out and says, winnow for the coming of the Savior. Be mindful. 
When Abraham first is called by God, he meets Melchizedek, the priest king of Salem, whose name we invoke at the Holy Mass. Abraham and Melchizedek. Melchizedek has a priesthood that, quote, is eternal. It says Melchizedek has no line. He is not genetically or biologically or familiarly a priest. And he offers to God bread and wine. Sound familiar? So when Christ, who is of the house and line of David, Joseph is of the line of David. Note, Joseph is not a ruling king because the house of David no longer has political power. So, by his adopted father and through his mother, Christ is of the house of line and David, and institutes at the Last Supper the priesthood according to the order of Melchizedek, the true priesthood that offers the true sacrifice that is not simply a copy or a shadow, is the root that springs up. Now you might say, great father, what does that have to do with me? Well, you know what? Bucky gave a good effort last night, but just didn't have enough to make it happen. You might have all your Christmas shopping done, or you might not. Bears fans think they might have a shot to make a playoff spot, so they're living in delusion for the next month. You know, you might, sickness might have come, or you've got a neat family gathering that is arising. School is tomorrow, and so on and so forth. But see, as the wheel of time turns, the children of God, all the nations. Are any of you from the house of line of Israel? Probably not. Right? Your Italian ancestors or your Germans, you know, living out in the woods or your Irish living back when that happy island was just a little mud hill in the middle of the ocean, all that, had known nothing or knowledge of this until the gospel is preached and the true God who rallies all the children of men from that shoot of the house of Jesse fulfills all the promises given to Abraham and to Israel and calls all these children. Some shall be true priests who offer the righteous sacraments to God and preach the gospel. Consecrated religious who teach faith, work hard, and sanctify their lives. Men and women who are called to that high state and sacrifice themselves in love and marriage and raise up children and teach them the righteous path. Single men and women who in hidden places through simplicity of their work and the good of their lives, let that gospel power touch every corner of the world. It's born in a little crib in Bethlehem. It is stretched out on the Holy Cross and made triumphant in the resurrection. His name is Jesus, the shoot of the house of Jesse, the true and righteous King of Israel and all men and women the one who makes the true priesthood to offer righteous sacrifice and invites all the children of God into that worship and service and love. And so we might have to pick an ornament off the, tree, the giving tree and through our charity make Christmas a little happier for someone. I might have to call that family member I haven't talked to in a while. 
I might have to put a smile on my face for that coworker I see the next day. I might have to shake off that weariness in my body and do nice things for my small children and so on and so forth. I might have to hold my hand back as I want to smack my little sister because she is bone of bone and flesh of flesh and the infinite God has called me to turn the other cheek and to forgive as I have been forgiven and to love as I have been loved. Does this make us morally superior to everyone else? No. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. To quote St. Paul, this is truth. Jesus Christ came to save sinners of whom I am the first. We say that at the Mass also. It's nice. And so, as you're sitting there saying, my gosh, how long is he going to go on? Not much longer. Let us confess righteous faith, knowing that it is the shoot and promise of Jesse in auto fulfillment. And then pray the vast well, knowing it is that same promise in all glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.